Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. favorite version of this song was Michael Keaton in the great movie Night Shift, where he starred alongside Henry Winkler. They worked in the morgue. Ron Howard made that movie. And the kid, uh, he said to the kid when he was driving the, the hearse, hey, you like music, kid? And he broke into this, Jumping Jack Flash, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger is 80 years old today. 80. Are you sure about that, Lewis? It's 1943. Jeez, 80. Yeah. David Bowie's dead a long time. Bowie died when I came back to the station. He died about two weeks before Jed Lopez made it official. I was on Imus that morning. So he's dead about six, seven years. Jagger, 80 years old. How about that, Lewis? And, and he dances almost as good as the homeless person in front of Liz's apartment. Yeah. It could have been Mick Jagger. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Right. He looks gay. He dances like a maniac. If Who knows? On, what if you found out, Liz, it was actually Mick Jagger dancing last night at your house? I mean, it was a black man, so I'd be very surprised. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Right, well, well he goes stranger to, things have happened. He goes to the Riviera. He gets down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, Mick Jagger. Our next guest is usually on Monday mornings at this time, but he couldn't make it this week, but... If we can't make it one day, we'd get him on at some point because he's that good. Editor, National Review, Political NBC, all that good stuff, my dear friend Rich Lowry. And uh, I, I love Rich even more this morning because my pathetic Mets kicked his Yankee team ass in the Bronx last night. Did you enjoy that like I did, Richard? Uh, I've gotten used to it. I wouldn't say I enjoy it. Not necessarily getting beaten by the Mets, but, you know, having two hits through six innings. That's pretty pretty typical. We yeah, I know. We've runs in the AL East, so the beat goes on. You know, Aaron Judge got, like, all that money, and he was smart. He didn't sign the $200 million contract. Ended up getting, like, $400 million. But I got to tell you, the way they played since he's hurt, he should have asked for a billion dollars. A oh, billion. Yeah, I know. I know. So he, he might be back soon, but uh, they're saying he's going to play in pain. And DJ LeMay, who's never been the same since he was playing through uh, That's true. foot or toe, toe yeah. pain, so you just never know. Well, you're running out of time more here. more important than you expect. Once, once you have a hurt toe, you realize how important toes No, are. I know. The toes, they can screw you up, but you're running out of time here. I mean, even today, two and a half behind uh, Baltimore and Houston for that last wild card spot. Toronto and Boston also ahead of you. So the Yanks are running out of time, kind of like the Biden. So let's get right to Hunter. <laughs> Good segue. That's why you're the best in the business. <laughs> I was about to say it myself. Thank you, Rich. Uh, Hunter is in Wilmington, Delaware, in a federal court this morning. Misdemeanor charges are not paying his taxes. The gun charge, a felony, they've already taken care of. So this is uh, much to do about nothing, right? Yeah, so uh, I, I think it's been pretty well established by the whistleblowers that this is a, a sweetheart deal that uh, wouldn't happen if there weren't a Justice Department giving him every single uh, break possible and trying to stymie the investigation creeping into the, how the business dealings involved his father. And that's the real, you know, that, that's, that's the, the white whale here is his father's involvement. And we've learned more 
the last couple of weeks, the latest, uh, again, our friend Miranda Devine, who's just been killing on the story since the beginning, says Devin Archer, Hunter's former business partner, is has uh, testified or is going to testify Monday. that, yeah, he put, put uh, Joe Biden on the phone when he was vice president with a Burisma executive. So this this gets closer. Yeah. You know, that gun is on the table and there there are wisps of smoke coming from it. You yeah. know, it's not a blazing fire yet, but no. you can you can see it. She was on this show just yesterday, the aforementioned Miranda Devine. And yes, Archer will testify Monday, not just put Biden when he was VP on the phone, Burisma did it 25 times, mm. over two dozen times. Mm. That's a lot of evidence, if you ask me. And now you've got Kevin McCarthy our guy with the uh, with the GOP is on Sean Hannity last night talking about this impeachment inquiry. He wants to impeach Joe Biden right away, and uh, we'll see where that leads. But you would agree that, well, they impeached Donald Trump for nothing. And not that you want to play tit for tat necessarily, but they impeached Trump for nothing. There's a lot more evidence here of why somebody should be impeached with Biden than there ever was for Trump. Is that fair to say? They're going to they're gonna impeach him. I, I have very little doubt they're going to impeach him. So once you start the inquiry, it's not like, oh, yeah, we, we found he's innocent and everything's fine. The momentum is going to be no. We, we've, we've found uh, uh, lots of damning evidence, and, and we have to go ahead. And then, you know, who's going to vote against it? I mean, it might be a narrow vote because you have a narrow majority, and you, you have some Republicans in, in, who would be nervous in certain districts, I guess. But you're probably going to end up impeaching him. And, you know, it'll go nowhere in the Senate, but that didn't stop the, the Democrats uh, from impeaching Trump. This is just a couple of days after McCarthy was talking about impeaching the AG Merrick Garland, and not yeah. long after he talked about impeaching Mayorkas. There's right. a lot of impeaching I, to go around, Sid. I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you, no, I mean, you laugh, but are they going to start impeaching just about everybody? You know, if they're going to impeach Biden, I'm not sure it makes sense to impeach anyone else. Uh, I, I think it, it would make more sense to impeach Mayorkas. I mean, it was just a total dereliction. Of duty, but even that, you know, it's a symbolic thing. But you can highlight the the border some more and just how derelict they they've been. But uh, once now they got their sights on the big guy, so I don't think any sub impeachments are going to make sense. And yet there are still Democrats. I see them. I see them. Which Larry on MSNBC and CNN. I'm not going to lie. I hate watch once in a while. I put it on. They're like, eh, this is nonsense. I got nothing. What do you mean they got yeah, nothing? I, I mean. I what? They're stuck in time where, when they think it's all about, you know, Hunter's gun and his coke habit and how, how much, you know, they're embarrassing photos on his laptop. But we're so way beyond that. And now there are two big risks about uh, nominating Biden if he makes it to the starting line is, you know, one, a, a fall or a terrible event, as we've talked about. There was an NBC story the other day that uh, wisely they have him using these small steps that can't be seen from the belly of Air Force One to keep them from uh, falling down on the big steps, which wow. I think they, they need to do more and more of that kind of stuff because those steps are actually dangerous to him, uh, literally. And, you know, a smoking gun could could um, uh, emerge at any point on this, this uh, scandal stuff, and they're going to nominate him anyway, and they're publicly going to say everything's fine, he's robust, and he's totally clean. Come on. And then, you know, something – they could nominate him, and one of these things could happen, and that's that's um, that would be one of Trump's paths back to the presidency. And uh... – here we are with all that, uh, especially the first part of that, uh, what he, he tells about Biden, uh, from Kamala Harris. And, you know, you know what uh, Ron DeSantis did down in Florida. That parental act, whether you like Ron DeSantis or not, was brilliant. Every state in the country should adopt totally. that act. And now what he's done with the African-American studies, 
He did nothing wrong. The guy that actually wrote the curriculum, the guy that wrote it, a black guy, said Ron DeSantis did nothing wrong. This idea that he said or you know, that slaves benefited is not true. Now, they did. They did benefit some of them because of the trades they eventually learned how to do. But he never said that. And here's your vice president lying. Even CNN called her out, Rich Lowry. Yeah, I mean, in, in a, a more normal country, she she would have to apologize, but she's going to get away with it. I think the smear is going to work, unfortunately. And what the curriculum says is not, you know, if if you became a blacksmith, you were a slave, became a blacksmith. That doesn't mean slavery was good for you. Right. It'd be much better to be a free blacksmith. But the fact is. Uh, slaves had agency. They're human beings who who never accept their repression, and they look for every crack in the system to get a, a little more pay or a little more autonomy or whatever it was. And the day before yesterday, everyone acknowledges this. Frederick Douglass, one of the reasons he escaped and became this great abolitionist leader, he learns a trade, learns to be a caulker, works in Baltimore. It's a little freer than you know being out in the fields. He gets to know other people who are free blacks, and, hey, we can help you escape. And he leaves. And this is one reason <laughs> that uh, um, a, a lot of plantation owners didn't want um, slaves to, to learn skills because it, it did create that element of autonomy. So is this the first thing you want to know about slavery, the second or third? No. But it's part of the story. It's yep. true. It and they're true. lying about it. Right. And, and DeSantis, who's just getting his ass kicked. I mean, it's humiliating. He's down like 44 points. I just had this discussion with Liz Pipko moments ago. She told me this months ago this was going to happen, and she's right. Mm-hmm. You know, he- The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. He's done some good things in the state of Florida. He's adopted many of Trump's policies, but whether it's his lack of charisma, I don't know what it is. All I know is Trump is a runaway train. No one's even close. And as I said earlier, there's no longer suspense on the right side. It's basically Trump versus who? That's it. Yeah, so this is the the main thing, the problem that the DeSantis campaign has is they're running against Donald Trump, right? If he wasn't running against Donald Trump, he'd be a front runner. He might be a rocky front runner. He's obviously overspent and all that, but he'd be ahead, and the narrative would be would be different. Everyone would be taking shots at him. I don't know if he'd won the nomination, but you know he's got this uh, this eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. He didn't face anything like that. Did in, Donald in Trump get that heavy? He's up to eight hundred pounds now. I know he gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's really hard. And then, and then it's been a poorly run campaign, and there's a question of you know just how like, likable he is. So everything is now consistent with a total meltdown. It doesn't mean they can't recover. Campaigns that looked like they're melting down have recovered in the past. You know, John Kerry or, or John McCain, but uh, the the odds are obviously against him. I must tell you, this is where the other kids have to well, you have to shut it off in the car. That uh, what gets me more aroused than two Viagra is. <laughs> Is these Democrats who get all excited every time they indict Donald Trump and that third indictment is coming any second for January 6th and the fourth for Georgia right around the corner. Every time they indict him, here's what Trump is guaranteed. A bigger lead and about seven million dollars. Having fun, Joe and Mika? Ain't it fun?
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And and more attention. And, you know, a big part of the game is just getting attention for whatever it is. And, you know, we'll see what this, this indictment is. But I, I think January 6th, anything is going to be a huge stretch legally. It's going to look more like Alvin Bragg than the, the first documents impeachment. I think they have them legally on the documents. It's just the selective yeah. prosecution's blatant. Right. And they'll be the same thing in, in Georgia. So it generates uh, – um, a defensive rally around the flag effect, and that's that's been the major again the major inflection point in the race. Hasn't been anything that DeSantis or anyone else has done. It was what Alvin Bragg did. That's when Trump went up ten points, and he, he's been on a higher trajectory ever since. Alvin Bragg, a gift from God for Donald mm-hmm. Trump, not from yep. not for parents in the city who lost loved ones, and Bragg doesn't care about them. He's worried about Trump, but for Trump, he's been a gift from God, like you are yeah. to me. So yeah, thank but, you. Uh, thanks, Ed. <laughs> thank you, I couldn't be more effective if you started a pro-Trump super PAC. You know, you're right about that. But, you know, now that you've had lunch with Donald Trump just two weeks ago, and he signed your own column you wrote about him and sent it back to you, you should uh, really be like, uh, I don't know, like standing right next to him. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget when, when I first mentioned to Bernard, God bless Bernie's soul, I miss him, I love him, okay? When I first mentioned to Bernie, I think we're going to bring Rich Lowry on every week, and he said to me, I swear, he goes, He's a never Trumper. Yeah, and I can imagine he said some other things too. <laughs> no, but he was not the only one. People did think you were kind of a ne- you were a never right, Trumper, yeah. and now you and him are like best friends. Well, I wouldn't quite say that. No, not that. He's huh? an incredibly charming man. <laughs> so you're still a never Trumper, but you are. You can't help yourself. He's charmed you. That that's what's happened here, right? Yeah, I mean, he's. he's uh, I wrote a column after that lunch, not about the lunch, but he has all this. The on top of his unique skills, um, he has all these traditional uh, political qualities that good politicians have. They seem interested in you. They're gracious. Right. Um, they, they're. You know, you, you walk away thinking, oh, that guy cares about me, and I like him. You know, that, that's really important stuff, and it's it's part of, part of the reason he was president of the United States, and maybe again. But you you think that's all an act? You think any of that is sincere with you specifically? I think it's sincere. Uh, I, I think he, he cares You're about, crazy. Um, he cares about what people say. He doesn't you know, care about uh, you. About him. He doesn't care about you, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> now you're crashing it all down. <laughs> no, he likes you. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. He's, he's legitimately a nice guy. As you walk, great job here today. We'll do it again Monday, okay? All right. Thanks, Ed. Talk to you. <laughs> right, there he is, the editor of the National Review. He's such a great interview and a terrific guy, my friend Rich Lowry.